Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Giving taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. And get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Amibros. Yes, sir. And we're on. The Me Bros Podcast is back for another week. What's yeah. going on, fellas? I'm good, man. I, uh... Feeling feeling pretty good right about now. Uh, it's about that time, and by that time, I mean it's about moving time, and about spazzing time. Uh, today, I, here's two things that, that had me upset. Hold on, before, before you start, before you start. Yes. Shout out to all the listeners. I appreciate we're, we're our numbers are growing by the week. We thank you guys for sharing us. But shout out to everybody who's a who's a new listener this week, and shout out to everybody who uh, has been listening to us. I am your host. Um, big brother Damon, and that was Jared. That's going about to go into a soliloquy about something that he's pissed off about. But Jared, go ahead and just finish. I just wanted to, to, to shout out everybody and uh, just kind of explain who we were. So, 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 so two means, things. One, um, moving man, we, we're getting ready to close on the house. Uh, they're building it, and these Negroes shipped the wrong carpet out. Uh, so they didn't install it, but uh there's all this delays and things it's making it a tight squeeze to make sure we're hitting our time frame but it looks like we're going to be good but okay. only after i spaz for about an hour a day um so that wasn't good and then the other thing as a black guy there's some things that you watch that just piss you off i watched the netflix documentary when they see us it's a magnificent documentary i recommend you watch it uh ava duvernay um it's about the central part five but no, when you realize, I haven't it yet. when you realize about how dirty they were done, like literally, it was awful. And I think one of the things is once you have kids and you start to like put yourself in a place of like a parent, like all right, it was awful. It was, I mean, it was a phenomenal documentary, but it was one of those things when you watch it, it pisses you off really bad. So I'm, I'm live. I'm ready to start spazzing on Jeremy now. Take out all my frustration. So we're good. Okay, I was about, I was about to say another let, positive note. I mean, yeah, yeah let right. me let's go on this. Try to. You know, get this train going back in the right direction. At some point, Jared got off the tracks, and I'm pretty sure he hit a dirt road, and then he got stuck in mud, and so we had to tow it back. Oh, but um, yeah, yeah, that's what happened. Anyway, um, I'm excited to talk about you know Steph Curry securing his spot as the best player of his generation, stuff like that. Let's go. Okay, um, so obviously Jeremy wants to get right into the uh, the argument with his brother, but uh, yeah, we got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to talk about today. Uh, obviously, the the, the Raptors uh, taking Game One, Golden State coming back and tying it up, and now we're going into Game Three, which is tomorrow. Uh, it might be actually when we're dropping. It might be on Wednesday, but we record on Tuesday for all the people that don't know. But yeah, so it's going to be on Wednesday afternoon. Um, it's gonna be interesting, man. You're gonna see if uh, Toronto can actually step up the defense. But uh, guys, give me your takes on um, what did you think about the first two games of the series? Um, I'll start it off. I think the Raptors played really good ball in the first game. In the second game, um, I thought they had a chance to wrap the series up. I mean, I really did, and they didn't capitalize at all. Look, man. One thing. There's two things we know about the Warriors. One, whenever they start struggling, they typically continue to struggle during game, from game to game. If they lose a couple in a row, it, they, they can go into lulls. And the second thing is, if you get a situation 
where you're up going into the third quarter. The third quarter is where they're going to make their charge or where you're going to blow them out. If you can keep that lead through the third quarter, then you're probably going to continue to, to blow them out. But if you're going to lose it, it's usually third quarter. You can't come out and allow 20 straight points to be scored against you. Like, that's just laughable. And you throw that into the fact of not only do you have that, but then at the end of the game, you figure out a strategy. Nick Nurse, I give him all the credit because Nick Nurse had a phenomenal strategy. He figured out, he's like, look, Clay Thompson's out of the game who was carrying him for the most part earlier in the game. And only person we really care about scoring or concerned about at all is uh, Steph Curry. And so, literally, let's just play boxing one like it's high school or middle school ball and figure out if anybody else can beat us. And nobody could. Literally, Golden State went from the 539 mark in the game to the seven-second mark where Andre Iguodala hit that shot. And they didn't score a basket. They didn't score one point. Not a free throw. Not a Not a jumper. Not one point for five minutes. And Raptors miss shot after shot after shot. So I think what I take away from this is the 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 rest of the series is dependent somewhat on is Clay Thompson going to be out for the rest of the series? Can Kevin Durant come back? But also, can the role players play decent? I mean, Kawhi played a pretty good game, but they're doubling them. Um, I mean, you can't I mean Siakam had a phenomenal first game. Um, after I raved about him last week on a podcast, but he did not have a great game uh, today. So I think the big thing, is, or not today, uh, on Saturday. So uh, what, what day was the game? Sunday? Sunday. So Sunday, I think, yeah. Yeah. So I think he uh, he's got to bring it, bring it to the table. I'm not expecting him to have like game one and just have you know whatever it was 32 points on 14 or 17 shooting. But I'm also not expecting him to to give me uh, basically a goose egg. So. Um, my takeaways, Steph played great game one. I expected him to play bad game two. He did. Um, and you expect him to play every game bad, Jared. No, I didn't. I, I as I talked to Jeremy before, I, I don't I don't I don't dislike Steph Curry. I just think the mm. hype on stuff is, is really high. I told Jeremy before the game, I said, when you're on the blackjack table and you you hit five or six straight great hands, you should expect that next hand to not be good. Usually when I bet, if I lose a few hands in a row, I go big. You know why? You're eventually the odds are going to play themselves out. Same way with Steph. No, no. Yes, Jared, you proved that to be right like four or five times, and in the last two or three times, you you went by that motto while we were in Vegas, and you left unhappy. But here's what you're not realizing: that means the next time I'm going to continue to do it because I've had two bad runs at it. It means I'm due for a good one. Follow the strategy. Follow the logic. So, with that being said, I said Steph has had six straight great games. He's due for a bad game. You can't continue to, to shoot that well. And he, and he had a bad game. I expected it to happen. But uh, when you when you looked at it, I thought the rest of the team, Draymond played great. Boogie Cousins was phenomenal. And Klay Thompson carried them the entire first half. Um, so they showed the heart of a champion. All right. Well, uh, Jeremy, what you got to say about that, man? Uh, is this uh, Were you surprised by the Toronto uh, taking game one and – uh, obviously seeing a totally different team I, in game two. I thought the Warriors would win game one. I thought the Raptors' only chance of not getting swept was winning game two. Um, so the fact that it's 1-1 is not surprising. The fact that the Raptors won game one was a surprising part to me. Overall, the Warriors during complete control of the series. Jared said they had a chance to wrap up the series. If they won two games – in Toronto, do you think the Warriors really couldn't come back and win two games at home? I mean, no, that's just I, silly. I think if Klay Thompson, which was questionable for game three, was questionable for the rest of that game, 
I think it would have been a, it would have been a tough ask. I, I, I'll say this. So overall, the Raptors in Game Two, I mean Game One, the Raptors in Game One played solid, but it's really more of the Warriors not bringing the same intensity level that the Raptors brought. I think they thought they were playing the Cavaliers again, and they just didn't come out with the focus that they needed in order to win that to win that game. Uh, they got twenty four points in uh, uh, fast break points which was really the difference in the game. The next game, they tur- turned up the intensity on defense, got back. I think they were expecting the Raptors to play them like they played the Bucks, where they tried to slow the games down. But the Raptors came out running, and I thought it caught the Warriors off guard. But if I told you this, uh, f- first off, Clay Thompson was great in, in, in game two. But let's not over it. Like, that's, that's not overstated. He and Steph took the exact same amount of shots in the first half. And Clay had two more points. So you said, but, but Steph, Steph got that. Steph did that over a four minute span. Like Steph, and Steph can get really hot. But we're not gonna act like over that first half. That's because nobody <laughs> else was doing anything besides besides Clay. Clay was the well, only one kept him in stri- He's the only one but, kept him in striking distance. But Jerry, at the end of the day, if you're down fifteen and you bring it back, and somebody brings it back to five, it really wasn't fifteen. It was eleven. It was eleven, and then they scored. They they went on a six hole run to make it to make it uh, to make it. Uh, six point game. Okay, so he didn't do it in four minutes then, because he didn't score sixteen points and, and and they only made up six points. But overall, my point is this: Steph did not shoot the ball great, but this is this is why the Raptors have no chance. So, Kevon Looney gets injured, Clay Thompson gets injured, Iggy's already halfway injured, Kevin Durant's out, Steph. Is feeling under the weather before the game. Has to get an IV before and after the game. Apparently, he has some kind of dehydration problems going on. Really didn't seem like himself during the game. Could have played a lot better than he did. You're at home and you still can't get a win. Like in that game, like everybody goes, "Oh man, you know, it's close to the end. They had their chances." I mean, that game was a 12 point game with five minutes to go. Like it was, it wasn't as close as it looked at like at the end. I mean, it was a 12 point game with five minutes to go. So overall. The Warriors came out at the end of the second half and the beginning of the or the end of the first half and the, and the beginning of the second half and said, "This is what we do: twenty zero run. We're gonna step on your throat." And the Raptors had no response. Kawhi, as great as he is, does not really get people involved, um, and they're not really running the system. Like to me, Kawhi has the capability to be, you know like Jordan, like Kobe, to where he really takes over and dominates. But I will, I will give this credit to Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson helped Kobe and Jordan to get in the position they want to get into, but it was still within the realm of a system where the ball could be moved around and other people could get shots. It seems like when the ball goes into Kawhi, they have no idea what they're wanting to do, and it's pretty much just on Kawhi to make a play happen. And I and I don't think that's enough for them to win the series. So I thought I thought um, it was completely I, different. I thought Nurse got them. They got a lot of open shots. They missed a ton of open shots. That's the beginning of that third. The people quarter. that got open shots were the people that they wanted to have open shots. No, I thought uh, if you looked at that game, Marcus saw an awful for a uh, second game after having a great first game. Danny Green played decent. Van Vliet was a little off. Um, Cal Lowry was still terrible. He was terrible the first two games. Uh, I, I I think at the end of the day, if I told you coming into the game, Warriors are going to shoot. Pascal Siakam was scared to shoot. He was not scared to shoot. Just he had a bad, he had a bad game. But if no, I no, told no, no, you, no. he had a lot of open threes that he turned down. He, he, but here's the thing: he never really shoots a lot of threes. Just he hit two in the first game. But everybody acting like, oh, he had open threes. But he, that's not his game. He's not a three point shooter. But at the end of the day, 
All I'll tell you is this. If you looked at it and said, all right, before this game, the Warriors are going to shoot 46% from the field. The Raptors are going to shoot 37% from the field and turn the ball over 20 times. And I said it was going to be a, a two-point game with 11 seconds to go. I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, I don't think the Raptors played their best game. And, and and as much as people – I laugh at this thing. People are now, like, trying to make it like, oh, man, the Warriors are just using scrap pieces. Boogie Cousins is even starting. Um, The dude started the All-Star game last year. Let's not make him out to be like this, oh, man, they lost Kavon Looney. Jared, as if Boogie – Here's the thing. Is, is he is he healthy? He's healthy enough. Like I'm not telling you that he's he he's prime boogie healthy. But what I'm telling you is Boogie Cousins right now is is as good as at least as Marcus All is. No. Boogie Cousins right Boogie Cousins right now is as good as um what's the terrible guy's name that signed with the Lakers for the, that big contract? He's as good as Tim Faye Mozgov was when he was playing yeah. with the Cavaliers in the 2015. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's but no, here's the thing. First off, DeAndre, I would take Cousins over uh, Marcus All right now. There's no slight to Marcus All, and, and there's no slight to Marcus. And here's the thing: I thought Boogie Mar- Cousins was Boogie, the most important player in that game. Like, Boogie uh, was was pulling up, making he threes. played. He played great. He had six assists. He I totally outplayed. He had Marcus eleven Hall. points with two with two but, with uh, but Jeremy. With two you gotta look at it. He had eleven points, but he's he initiated like, most of the offense. Yet. He led the team in assists. He's not even in shape. He didn't yet, lead the team in assists. You didn't leave the team in assists at all. Draymond so had trouble double. Yeah, six. Draymond had trouble, so he had six assists. Yeah, he had six. I thought I didn't. I didn't think Draymond had trouble. Well, no, no, I mean, he didn't have a triple. He had nine assists. He had seventeen, ten, and nine. So he's a one assist away from triple double. But um, yeah, they, they were. I mean, I, I I gave Boogie a lot of credit. I thought he played great, but I will also say this: like, Jerry, we get, at a at a certain point, the, they are throwing people. Like, who is? Who is M- McKinney? This is how they're playing. Like, Jeremy, who are these people? But here's the thing: we had to, like, we can't do this two ways. We can't say, "Oh man, look at the Spurs; they always find guys." And then, literally, the Warriors just—they they consistently find solid players to throw in there. And you want to act like, "Oh no, who are these guys?" McKinney, every time he Jeremy. gets in a, as soon as McKinney gets in a game, he hits at least two or three buckets every time he sees the floor. And as whether so, if you leave him for a corner three, he's sitting that joint every time. If you you let him get in the lane, he's going to floor Jerry, every I saw time. Him airball a corner three. He, he airballed a corner three the other day. The only points he had the entire game, he had one point and that was on a dunk. Um, I saw him hit a floor. I mean, you got Jerry, in that you game, so I know that's not true. So, Jerry, Jerry, let me let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. In what Cavaliers game? And because you know we always give LeBron that, that reason. In what Cavaliers game has anybody who's not better than Quinn Cook played twenty one minutes? Uh, did you see the entire last year's series? Jordan Clarkson? Jordan Clarkson, first of all, Jordan Clarkson was not playing 21 minutes. And secondly, Jordan yes, Clarkson no. was better, better than Quinn Cook. Quinn Cook was in the D-League until last year for two Jerry, years. So was, so was Seth Curry. What does that mean? Jared, uh, they're, they're right, not as good as Jordan point, Clarkson. Jeremy, <laughs> point. That's, I'm ready to go talk about uh, how your uh, boy uh, Joshua got his ass beat uh, by the Mexican dude. But, yeah, just go ahead and um, finish up your last point. Like I, I, so, I, go ahead. Overall, my my point is simply this: the Warriors are going to win the title, and from what they're saying now, there's a possibility Kevin Durant is going to come back. So I would say it's actually a better thing for the NBA if the Warriors win a title because they're saying Stephen A is reporting. I don't know how true this is. He's reporting that 
there's a good there's a chance that Kevin Durant is going to go back to the Warriors, but only if they lose. Yeah, if they, they win, he's going to leave. Ain't nobody telling <laughs> Stephen A nothing. Damon Stephen A was the first person, but way before it came out to report yeah. that LeBron was going to Miami. He was, a, he was the first person to report LeBron was going back to Cleveland. And I want to say he was one of the first people to report. It, it wasn't Kevin Durant. It was the first to that LeBron was going back to Cleveland. That was, that was Buecher. But um, with that being said, I I think at the end of the day, like Kevin Durant, if he goes there, like there's nothing that needs to be – like we've seen already. I mean, they swept the West Conference Finals without him. If he goes back, I don't think – like I think he thinks that they lose and he goes back there and like, oh, no, those now this is Kevin Durant's team. Like we clearly know it's not Kevin Durant's team. Lastly, last thing I'll say is going into the next games, uh, if Clay doesn't play, they're not winning. Like, I think we can go ahead and mark that down. If Clay doesn't play and, and KD doesn't play, KD's already ruled out, Clay's questionable. They're not winning the game with just stuff. Um, as much as mm-hmm. stuff came out after the game, talking about some this is a janky defense and how disrespectful it was to leave Kevin I leave Iguodala, literally, he was a centimeter away from that pass being stolen by by Kawhi and it being a dunk other way and being being a tie ball game. He threw a terrible pass there, and literally that's the only reason Iguodala got wide open was because everybody froze because they thought the Kawhi had to steal. So, but but one, one last thing on that though, um, the way that the Raptors really got back into the game was on some garbage. I mean, you you had that they gave him an and one on a Kawhi where the NBA came back and said should have been a charge. They said that Boogie still. Where Kawhi got the two free throws right before Steph threw the ball up in the air, they said that shouldn't have been a foul, and that was a that was an actual clean steal. So they really got an extra six points when they didn't really earn it. So I don't think they're gonna get that call in Golden State. So I mean that that if you're gonna look at it from uh, they were that close, they were that close to. I'm not saying they were that close, but what I'm saying is Clay Clay got hurt with eight minutes to go in the game, and then they went on a five minute stretch without scoring one single point. I think that's not because Steph can't carry the load. But he can't carry the whole load. He's not LeBron. <laughs> and LeBron's not in the playoffs. But anyway, yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> LeBron, LeBron right, is going to be having to carry NBA, space jam. Let's about the NBA for a little bit, fellas. <laughs> um, so, shout out to Andy and, uh, Andy Ruiz. Andy, am I am I Ruiz? Andy Ruiz. Uh, shout out to him, man. I, I started following him on Instagram. Uh, the first Mexican heavyweight champion. Uh, seems like a great guy, man. I mean, great personality. Like first, just... first Mexican American heavyweight champion. Mexican American, excuse me. Mexican American. No, no, no. He's, a, he's, I th- the, no, he's the first Mexican. Mexican. No, he, no, he's not. As the the he first is. one, the first one was um, the guy who Roy Jones beat for the heavyweight title. I can't think of the guy's name. So he's officially the first Mexican American. Yes, he's the first uh, Mexican American. Right. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying that. So yeah, uh, shouts to him, man. He's very. Uh, he seemed to kind of surprised that he actually did it um, in all of his. Uh, kind of IG post and uh, interviews after the fight, but shouts to him. Uh, let's get your take, guys. Uh, Jared, let's start with you, man. What do you think about this uh, this upset? Where do you rank this as in your boxing upset um, over, the I guess, this open era of, of boxing since Tyson? Uh, well, no, let's not say since Tyson. Let's go back to, you know, Sugar Ray, some of the big fights. What do you, what do you land this as in, in an upset? Uh, um, let's start, 85. I think there's two things. One – I don't consider this some magnificent upset. And the reason I say that is this. Anthony Joshua really hadn't fought anybody. Uh, he fought Klitschko when Klitschko had already been knocked out by uh, or had been beaten by Tyson Fury. He wasn't the same fighter. Um, and and then he literally just stayed in England and fought, um, you know, I'm not sure. I'm going to say Wimbledon. Uh, Stadium security. I mean, he literally would just go to Wembley, fight random dudes, 
and get paid millions and millions of dollars. This was the first time he came to the United States to fight. Um, and the other part about that is he's been ducking Wilder and he's been ducking Tyson Fury the entire time, and I think we see why. Um, look, there's 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 a certain thing, and, and I, I heard somebody speaking about this. Um, you know, he didn't pick up boxing until he was 18. Um, and he was just an athlete who became who started boxing at 18 um, and super talented. But he didn't have the experience of Ruiz. Ruiz fought over 100 amateur fights. And then he comes out, he's 22 and one. His only loss was a very close loss by uh, a majority decision, not even a u- unanimous decision. Um, and so I thought when you looked at it, um, you know, it it didn't surprise me. It's just you look at Ruiz and he looks like um, I can't even think of the Glacius, the comedian that does the Netflix things. Um, I mean, dude looks like look, I'll, I'll put it in perspective. This guy, he did an interview and he he pulled out a Snickers and they said, oh, you just have a Snickers in your pocket. And he said, I keep a Snickers on me at all time. Whenever you're a professional awesome. boxer and you keep a Snickers in your pocket at all times. I mean, I don't, I don't expect you to. And, and here's the thing. There's there's been some fights where. A guy loses that that's not supposed to. Um, I think the 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 easiest one in my mind is Hasim Rockman, um, Lennox Lewis, or but that's one punch. He thoroughly dominated the fight. He knocked him down four times, and uh, I thought it was a it was a great thing for boxing because boxing can always use um, you know new characters, right. but uh, I thought it was a very very bad look for Anthony Joshua. And I think he lost himself a ton of money because he should have fought the water fight or the fury. Cause if you lose one of those fights, then nobody's really going to look bad at you. And you're still going to make all that money from that fight. Now I think he'll eventually fight Wilder or somebody, but the, the purse is going to be so much significantly lower um, from an expectation standpoint. So um, nice for Louise. Keep eating those Snickers. I've been, I've been p- pounding them on the, uh, on the, Fairway on the golf course for a long time, so that's probably why I punched the drive so far down there. Ah, okay. <laughs> uh, all right, Jim. Uh, all right, all right. First of all, I just, just want to make a correction to Jared. He is the first Mexican heavyweight champion of all time. Uh, John Ruiz, who is the has no relation, is has a Puerto Rican descent. But um, overall, I watched this fight and thought. Joshua has no chin. I think that's what you can, you know, reasonably come up with. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to disrespect Joshua and say Joshua didn't fight him. Like, Joshua was a heavyweight Olympic champion. Um, he came up. He doesn't have a, you know, a significant amateur background, but um, I think Anthony Joshua's good. The problem is Anthony Joshua doesn't really have a defense. And Floyd Mayweather two years ago told Anthony Joshua. That he thought he was a great fighter, but he would love to train him and help him to improve his defense. And Anthony Joshua didn't take him up on it. And I'm not one person who was going to say you should probably listen to Floyd Mayweather about anything else other than boxing. But when Floyd Mayweather tells you you need to work on your defense, that's probably somebody you need to listen to. Overall, he got caught behind the ear. And from what I've been told, I've never been caught behind the ear. I've, hold, I've been told it throws your entire equilibrium off, and it's pretty much like being drunk. Um, so you're not knocked out like if you get caught on the chin, but if you get hit caught behind the ear that you really can't even get your balance back and it's hard for you to stay on your feet. And it looked like that for the rest of the fight. So Anthony Joshua knocked Ruiz down very early in the fight. It looked like it was going to be 
okay, cool, he's going to be a typical fight. And then Ruiz got up, and really, that was the best thing to happen to Ruiz. He got a lot more uh, active and a little bit more wild, a little bit less technical, um, and started throwing some punches from odd angles. He said in an interview that everybody pretty much ran from Joshua and nobody took the fight to him. So he felt like if you could get Joshua on his back feet, um, that he didn't really have the defense to be able to handle it. And he feels like Joshua is more robotic. People, He likes people to come straight at him um, as opposed to throwing punches from different angles. Um, and he was able to exploit that. So uh, overall, I think it was bad for boxing. I don't think, oh, man, we need all these different characters because you know what? Nobody's going to go pay, pay for the next Andy Ruiz fight if he fights some random guy. So he, he's why, fighting why, would Andy, why would Andy Ruiz fight a random guy? You know how I would pay you to. to, to I, I, he's I, about I to fight Joshua a, again. He's, yeah, they did a rematch. I, 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 I agree. Should. If he fought Wilder, I'd pay 100 bucks to see that. I would. You know how. The, I would pay 100 bucks to see that. Because here's the thing either he's going to put an outset on Wilder. Or Wilder gonna hit him and he gonna hard. Wilder would, would literally beat him in, uh, inside thing, of a round. I, I, I okay, don't, and he's going to get his check and he's gonna get paid, and but, I would but, I would pay for that. But, fight. but but would you watch it before you would have watched Joshua versus Wilder if they did that beforehand? Well, obviously, so here's the thing. Obviously, we know now what kind of fight that would have been. Nobody wants to see Wilder and Joshua now. Yeah, but my thing is with, Ru- with Ruiz, I would I would pay right now to see Tyson Fury Wilder two before I'd pay to see Ruiz versus Joshua. I mean, I would too. Ruiz versus uh, I would Wilder. Too, but but your your point was it's not good for boxing because nobody wants to see Ruiz, which is absolutely he's probably one of the most well, marketable people in in. No, no, in, no, no. It's not that nobody right wants to see Ruiz. My my thing was Anthony Joshua versus Wilder before Wilder before Joshua lost was going to be a mega fight. That was now there's I don't. I don't. I don't think there's a possibility for a mega fight anymore. It's, it's, you could have a pretty big fight, but you're not going to have the heavyweight championship belts on the line. Oh, this is one undefeated champion versus another undefeated champion. That whole storyline is gone. Yeah, I get it, but we all know that was going to be all cap because that that yeah. be no, that fight wasn't going to be worth. Yeah, it's going to be a big letdown, but yeah. <laughs> but, uh, one thing to be deep. What does all cap mean? I keep hearing people say cap. Oh, cap. Um, it's Atlanta. It's Atlanta term. Um. I, mean, I saw means, KD use it when he was talking about Chris Bruce Yeah, Carter. it means lie. Yeah, it's so all the people that that you know. If if you're just noticing on uh, online, you see like the blue cap emoji, or somebody said that's cap. That's basically just they're just calling people's bluff. They calling your bluff, or just calling you a liar. Mm-hmm. Not not really call you a liar, but just so um, they don't believe they, you. Pretty much, they should just get a Rob Rob Palenka post like emoji. Just throw that there. Um, hey, oh, Rob. Um, anyway, don't um, follow those pundits. Um, but let's uh let's keep it moving, fellas. Let's go into some NFL. Uh, training camps began began today. Excuse me. Um, and the Browns uh, already have coaches calling out players and players giving other culture other players ultimatums. Um, the Browns have a lot of kind of pressure on them right now. They're expected to do well. Um, do you think that this is a bad sign going into the first day of uh, mini camp? Let's start with Jeremy. I would prefer Jared to start off with this one because um, I would love to hear what he says before he hears my reaction. So, for you guys that don't realize, obviously Odell Beckham Jr., this is his first time getting to the to the Browns. Um, they have a lot of expectations, and he didn't show up for OTAs. And so, um, Coach was calling him out, talking about he needed to be there um, and how much the team misses him and all these this nonsense. And not nonsense, I, I agree with it, but a whole lot of, you know, I don't think right now in training camp is the time to call Odell Beckham Jr. And then 
Duke Johnson said he wants to get traded. Why does Duke Johnson want to get traded? Because you guys have a legit running back now in Nick Chubb, and Nick jo- and uh, Duke is trying to get paid. But what is Odell Beckham? You well, not even, Duke- not, even, not even just Nick Chubb, but you got, uh, you know, another uh, Oh, and, and um, <laughs> yeah, what's the kid, uh, Kareem Hunt? So you, yeah. got, you got all these people on the same team, and Baker Mayfield talking about some, you need to be all in or you need to leave this team. Like first off, like you've done anything. Look, let me let me go through. The, I'm hearing people talk about Baker Mayfield being a top ten quarterback in the league right now. What are y'all smoking? Like, look, guys, I like Baker as a as a player. I think he's gonna be good. I don't like him. I wouldn't want him to be with the, my franchise leader because I think he, he comes with too much baggage. Um, as I've said, I've never, I never think it's good that your starting quarterback has police video online. But with that being said. I got people talking about he's a top 10 quarterback in the league. Uh, Jay Glazer had the audacity to say, starting a franchise, I would start my franchise with Baker before Russell Wilson. What are you talking about? And then uh, this team, I think they have so much drama this year, and everybody expects this team to win a whole lot of games because they have a lot of talent. But now you got Greedy Williams talking about we're going to win a Super Bowl. You got Odell coming in talking we're going to be the new Patriots. You got Baker Mayfield thinking he's done something. When last year when he started versus teams with a winning record, he was 1-5 with eight touchdowns to 10 interceptions. And all of a sudden, y'all act like y'all, y'all, y'all the dudes in the league. Y'all the, uh, y'all even, you're not even the Chiefs. Like, I'm not even, forget, like, I'm just, I'm baffled by, like, you guys won one game out of 32. And then last year you won, was it six games? Six games and y'all, now y'all, y'all run the world? Look, man, Who it, world? this is heading for disaster. Uh, I, was, I was about to hit the Beyonce. Um, she is in the new Lion King movie. But anyway, back on target, on topic. I, I think at the end of the day, it's laughable the amount of drama they have going on this early in the, in, in the doggone season. It's training camp. I think it's going to be an, an implosion for the rest of the season. And I expect thoroughly them to not make the playoffs. <laughs> okay. So... I wanted to hear what Jared had to say first, just because Jared was uh, the orchestrator of this question. And I just wanted to see, like, I know Jared had to have some passion behind what he was going to say, because I saw this question, and my first thought was, Soldier Boy uh, gift the Browns? Like, why are we talking about the Browns? Like, I don't, like, who are the Browns? Like, I, I I don't get it. I don't get what people's infatuation with the Browns are. Personally, if you ask me right now, put money on it. Jaguars or Browns? Who's gonna win more games next year? I go, eh, probably Jaguars. I mean, the Jaguars were, you know, one game away last or two years ago from getting to the Super Bowl, and they got a better quarterback than they had before. So nobody's talking about the Jaguars. So why would I? Think, why would I care anything about the Browns? Overall, I think Baker Mayfield is overhyped. I think he's overrated. I think he's gonna be a solid, decent NFL quarterback. But if you ask me right now. I've been saying this since the get-go. Give me Sam Darnold. I'll take Sam Darnold right now over Baker Mayfield. Next year, they are going to be way better than the Browns, in my opinion. And I think this hype is going to blow up in their face. They got a coach who literally, until halfway through the season last year, had never even been a coordinator at any level. He's never been a head coach at any level. I'm talking about peewee, high school, middle school. He has never been a head coach before. And you guys decided to pick him as the head of your franchise with a quarterback who's in his second year. And you guys have already talked about him like, oh, man, Baker could do it. I know Big Ben couldn't keep, uh, you know, 
these uh, personality checks, but they didn't. He didn't have a personality like Baker Mayfield. They're gonna respect him the second he walks in the room. If y'all don't get get going, overall, I don't care anything about this Browns team, and I want to talk about the teams who actually will be playing when it counts. One of those teams being my boys. One of those teams, maybe being Jared's boys and the Texans, but I know they're gonna start off zero one. Definitely, um, guys. Let's let's get into one last thing for for the Browns. Um, you know, one of the things I love is, um, you start getting money, you can do really cool things. Um, I saw literally, uh, Jarvis Landry has, has a video he posted on, on Twitter that was trending yesterday of his like three-year-old daughter, um, petting a fawn, AKA baby deer, um, look like Bambi. And I was like, man, I want a video of my daughter petting a fawn, um, but anyway, um, I, I think for the rest of the season, I, I like a lot of those guys on, on the Browns team. I'm a fan of Odell Beckham Jr. He won me my my uh, fantasy league title, his, his rookie season in the league, because um, I picked him up off of waivers after he missed the first four games, and then he had, I want to say, 1,300 yards in his next 12 games. But with that being said, um, I just think you, you there's a – there's a uh, there's a certain level of crazy you're allowed to have on one team, um, you know. Like if you have if you have Dennis Rodman on your team and you have Michael Jordan, oh yeah, fantastic. Um, I think that's a you know you have enough stability where you can withstand that that amount of craziness. But if you have Dennis Rodman on the team with um, you know a whole lot of other characters, like that's probably not going to work. And um, I think I think that's what happened. I think they they got to a point where um, they had they have too many crazy people on the same team, and um, I don't think it's going to work out. I expect them to thoroughly lose this uh, lose at least nine games this season. Wow! So obviously you guys aren't too high on the Browns, and I uh, think that this all all is going to be a distraction. I would I personally I would like to see uh, Baker Mayfield just kind of um, humble himself a little bit and. Uh, just uh, you don't have to make a comment about everything. Some of the, some of the guys that um, <clears throat> get the most done usually don't talk to the press that much because they don't like their name being in the headlines every week. But hey, who am I? I'm not uh, you know. Petey Pie mother. The, the quarterback that's <laughs> Cleveland Browns. But yeah, I think that's all I got, fellas. I know I'm uh, I'm excited for this game tomorrow night. Uh, I expect um, Golden State to win. Um, but I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on record and say they're gonna win by nine. Um, I think Toronto's gonna come out hot. I see them leading in the half by maybe two or three points. I see Golden State doing that thing they usually do in the third quarter, and they'll probably be up by three or four, and then they'll probably get up by fifteen in the fourth, and then Toronto will make some garbage time buckets and they'll win by nine. So um, that's my that's my call going into uh, tomorrow night, fellas. You guys got any any last remarks before we get up out of here? Yeah, I want to give uh, two shout outs. Um, First shout out, I'm going to go give to Stevie Wise. Uh, If you guys haven't heard her story, she is a softball player for UCLA. Uh, You know, they they talk about, oh, you know, your ability to be able to to withstand injury and things about the toughness. Um, She literally was supposed to have heart surgery. And she said, hey, guys, I know I'm supposed to have my heart replaced. Uh, I need you guys to delay that so I can play my, so- my senior year of softball for UCLA. Um, and they're on the, the precipice, on the verge of winning the national championship. They're up one game to zero. 
Um, right now, I just look, this fourth inning of the second game is 3-3 versus an Oklahoma team in softball that won 39 straight games this year. Um, so, yeah, they hit a whole bunch of home runs. I watched them play um, Alabama. You saw uh, UCLA did? No, no. Uh, Oklahoma hits a lot of home runs. Oh, yeah, they do. They, do. they got big bats, and they just mashed the ball. But UCLA, they had some huge girl who came in to pinch hit, and she she smacked a home run. Uh, to send them into the World Series, I was surprised. Um, I mean, and it's not she. She was she was the female version of Big Poppy, um, and I was surprised that that uh, they just put her in because I thought she would need a base hit or something. But she just mashed a home run and said, "Let's get up out of here." So, uh, shout out to UCLA rooting for them. Uh, and the the second shout out is the two guys, Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer. You guys play versus each other. In the 2005 French Open semifinals, when mm-hmm. Rafael Nadal was 17 years old, mm-hmm. about to turn eight, or I think he had just turned 18 that week. Mm-hmm. And 14 years later, you were playing each other again in the French Open semifinals in two days. I mean, ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Let me go that's, on record and make my prediction. Go ahead. Um, Nadal was going to be Federer 3 3 and 5. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's going to be Fed's going to get the third, the third set. No. 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 Uh, I mean, I, I, one thing I will tell you is the same. The here's, here's the thing that helps Fed, I think. It's the theory I had with Steph Curry. There's only so well you can play for a certain period of time. Right. I think Rafa <laughs> came out and beat Nishikori today 1-1-3. One, one, Have y'all seen Rafa play this tournament? It, Yes. <laughs> and it's the thing, like, okay, like, Rafa's great on – he's great on all surfaces, but but Clay, he's, he's you know, he's just unbelievable. Um, is he the most I, dominant player of all time on, like, on, on, the, on, on clay court? Like, on is there anybody court, yeah. who's been more – I don't think he's more like, dominant I mean, than Pete on grass. Oh, he's more yeah, dominant. I, I think Fed is the most dominant on grass. I mean, Fed is more, more one than Pete does. I mean, I mean Nadal, Nadal's about to have double-digit majors at the French. I mean – that's why I still got, like. I, well, I know he's already got double. He's already got ten. He's, he's going for eleven. Yeah, man, gotta, but, but he, to me, he's got to do more off of off of clay. I yeah, mean, I mean, like literally, I expect him to tune Federer up. But I, do I take him over Fed in my goat goat category? No, I mean, if 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 Nadal gives me three more opens and maybe one more Wimbledon, I'll give it to him. But he's got to do more off off clay. And, um, and I, I always tell people, I say the thing about about tennis that makes it different is. Imagine if it was like, hey, basketball, we're gonna have one season or we're gonna have we're gonna have different different championships. And one we're gonna have like now where it's free motion. And then we're gonna have a league where it's eighties ball where you can hand check the entire time. I mean I, the Warriors probably will win the first. Would the Warriors win the second one? I'm not sure. Like I think at the end of the day It's I not mean, that it's not that different. To me, it's more like, hey, you're gonna I play a Russell Parker. And 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 you play outside the next. No, 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 Jim. You got to think about it. The physicality and the movement and everything. The the ease of movement on clay is completely different. I think I think it's 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 that drastic of a of a difference. It's the reason why you could have guys like a Gaston Gaudio or um the the, the uh what's the uh, Puebla or whatnot that that uh back in the back in the day, yeah, people used to do it. Now, look, the top players. I mean, you got. Why? Why Martin always always does well on clay? You got, I mean, the big the big boys always couldn't play on all surfaces. Now it's just become it's become more of that world. I, I think it was more of an issue when Americans were at the top because Americans just are sorry on clay. 
Uh, me being the number one example. Um, <laughs> over, overall, I got five points to hit on my last topic. They're going to all be really quick. Um, and they're going to all be very, very random. So, first I'm going to start on golf. Uh, Hank Haney got himself into some trouble, hit himself into a bunker. And for some reason, he's he keeps leaving the ball in the bunker because he keeps taking these stupid, dumb points. And he doubled down and said, he said, oh, man, they asked him who's going to win the, the U.S. Open. And he said, I don't know. I don't know. I can't name you five women on the LPGA tour. Probably a lead girl from Korea. And obviously he got kicked off uh, serious radio for it. And after a lead girl from Korea won the tournament, <laughs> then he doubled down and said, see, I was given an actual analysis. I knew the Korean girls are always the best. And I'm the no, you didn't. You just were saying something racist. And then Tiger called him out on it. And then he tried to go off on Tiger and say he was throwing gla glass house and Tiger, he never said anything racist or sexist around Tiger in six years. So did you say it somewhere else? I don't know. Overall, uh, he just needs to shut up and go away for a little bit and just let this thing die down because he keeps uh, digging himself deeper into it. Uh, number four, if you like good golf balls, Strixon has a deal right now until June the 16th where you oh, can get. Are you Strixon paying us? Uh, no, I'm just going so through my, my four lists. Okay, go ahead. Hey, it's, it's, it's a tip to the listeners, man. You no, can get your, their tour no, ball, buy one, no. get one free. The uh, Z-Star. We get enough listeners to where we got we to gotta figure. We, no, no, we don't give free advertising. But, yeah, go, uh, go, ahead, go, ahead, go ahead and plug I, your Shrixon balls. I'm, I'm, I'm just going through, damn. I got I to gotta look out for my listeners. Uh, number three, I just want to give a shout-out to um, the LeBron James School. Apparently, they had record numbers on the their scores this year. Kobe Bryant just donated some books to him today. So, Kobe, LeBron actually working together off the court. Awesome um, to see what LeBron is doing off the floor and uh, continue that up. All right, number two. I want to give a shout-out to my little girl, Sydney. We went to the drive range for the first time this week. I expect her to want to be there for 10 to 15 minutes. She hit an entire bucket of balls. I hit maybe four of them. I brought my clubs. I didn't even need them. And she wanted to go get another bucket of balls after about an hour and 15 minutes. I told her we had to go, but she might have caught the bug. Keep it going. And lastly, I'm going to give a shout-out to uh, – not really even a shout-out. I'm going to give a criticism to LeVar Ball, who was on uh, <laughs> Undisputed today, who said – He doesn't deserve to have um, any more airtime. No, Damon. If you didn't listen to him this week or today, he said um, that Lonzo shouldn't have an issue with it. He said Lonzo shouldn't be hurt from the guy stealing money. Like, what are you mad for? He said he stole one. Skip said he stole one point five million dollars. He said, "What do you need one point five million dollars for?" Uh, now, do y'all really think that this dude took one point <laughs> five million dollars and Levar don't got none of it? <laughs> That's true. And that dude, yeah. that dude's still alive. Come on, man. Yeah. Come on. Like, why, like, why, why would LeVar let, be cool with somebody stealing his money? And then he defends it by saying, oh, uh, well, he need $1.5 He got plenty of money. Well, he, why he worry about $1.5? Because he got some of that money. I mean, <laughs> I have a feeling if somebody, somebody had, a, had a Lamborghini and all of a sudden it got stolen, like, why are you going to follow a police report? Well, I mean, who, who cares about that $300,000 car? I mean, that's – His response was – 
He's like, he can still play basketball and make his money. It's not like he in South Central and got shot in the head when he got robbed. That's exactly sound like uh, a dude that just robbed you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, fellas. Uh, enjoy kicking with y'all tonight. Shout out to all the listeners. Appreciate you guys tuning in to us. Make sure you continue to share us. We appreciate you guys um, giving us feedback. Uh, shout out to Teddy. He was here this weekend. We had a good time. Um, just now recovering a little bit, but uh, shouts to him. Um, IG is uh, Amibros underscore podcast, and that's it. We out, folks. <laughs>